For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia, weekdays at 7 p.m. So a lot of questions are being asked of where to from here now after the protests lost that match uh, uh, against England, the third test, the fourth and final test. That's on Friday at the Wanderers. And Peter Kirsten joins us on the line to help us look back at this match, at this recent match. Uh, Peter, good evening, sir. Thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM. Yeah, hello to me, sir. Good evening, listeners. Yes. Great to hear from you, Peter. Disappointing result. What do you make of how the protests lost this match and innings and 50-odd runs? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, just listening to Mark Darch's comments, that uh, he's very disappointed and he blames himself for that, uh, the way the guys have been defeated. But, you know, I think uh, one shouldn't be surprised. It's, it's England have won the toss and they decided to bat first on a very slow wicket. And uh, if you start getting 500 batting first on a pitch like this, it's always difficult for any side, especially an inexperienced SA batting side. And, of course, you know, your experienced players like Faf Duplessis uh, and Quinton de Kock, the way Quinton gets out, it's mm. disappointing. And, of course, Faf going through a bit of a difficult patch. So, uh, you know, you need your, your senior pros to come to the party, but uh, not easy with Bess, the spinner, spinning it. And, uh, of course, then uh, Joe Root. Um, you know, I think uh, England bowling was very good, so it's very difficult for an inexperienced uh South African batting lineup to come in and uh, perform well, especially with your senior players not 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 shaping. Are we not able to play spin, Peter Kirsten, that we even struggle to play Joe Root? <laughs> yes, I must admit, <laughs> I was surprised that Joe was getting all those wickets. I think uh, it's a combination of being a bit more positive and uh, being more selective with your shots, which we didn't see. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, let's give England credit. They, uh, when they get on, 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 on a confident run, they're a difficult side to, to beat. So I don't think South Africa have won a toss so far in yeah. the series. Uh, it, 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 uh, yeah, I think the South African batters, I, I'm sure Jacques is Jacques Callis there, isn't he, the consultant? Yeah. So I, one would have expected the, the batsmen to, to show a bit more grit and fight, definitely. Do you think they let them? They let England get away with it in that first innings. You mentioned that they posted four hundred and ninety-nine. Yeah, I think that my um, Raj bowled nicely. I don't think perhaps we didn't have the variation. Perhaps you know, England have got the two spinners. I think that <clears throat> Algo can also bowl a few. But uh, uh, you know, I think <clears throat> generally speaking, England batters have got it right since the first test. They've come come nicely. Who was it that got that hundred? What can't remember. His it was name. Ollie Pope and Ben Stokes. Ben Stokes plus the other fella. Yes. So I thought they batted very very well. So South Africa just not able to bowl probably a more consistent length like they did in the first test. Um, all in all, I think uh, it's been a very difficult time for South African cricket. Um, but England have done very well to come back to win the, these two tests after having lost the first. A difficult job now for Mark Boucher. Um, what are his other options? I see Tema Bavuma is going to be back. He's, that's good to see. He's just scored 180 for the line. So that certainly will bolster the batting lineup. And uh, talking about the captain, Faf Duplessis, he's come under a lot of pressure, Peter Kirsten, for his lack of runs, some calling mm. for his head. I mean, he averaged 41 uh, last year. I think he was the second leading leading run scorer for the Proteas. He's averaging over 14 test cricket, but his last 12 innings, he's averaging 21. Are those calls justified? 
Yeah, I think that's very disappointing for Fafa, especially, but I don't think, uh, you know, the one test to go, it'd be folly just to, to leave him out. I don't think there's any ready-made captain to come in just for one more test. Uh, so keep him, let him finish the series. Sometimes it goes like that. And, uh, you know, he was going quite nicely on 36 in his last innings and then got out, but uh, he has struggled, no doubt about that. I think he's feeling the pressure with all the, uh, the, the, the stuff that was going on before the series started. Um, but certainly, I think, uh, you know, Mark Boucher, Graham Smith, uh, people involved in selection, uh, I would keep him. I think September will be a welcome return. Uh, but Wilma, I think uh, it will help. But, so, you know, sometimes these things happen. Even Joe Root has gone through mm-hmm. some bad, bad scores. And uh, it's hope that Fuff could score in the, in the final test. What's disappointed you most, Peter, overall with the betting lineup? Is it the shots that they play? Are they not getting stuck in? What What are they not getting right? Well, I haven't watched every single ball. I think uh, I watched some of the shots. Mm. Uh, I think Quinn and the Cock is disappointing the way, but that's the way he plays. <laughs> He's quite flamboyant. So we'd like to see him stick around a bit more and value your wickets. Uh, Elgar is an important guy who's opening better. He sometimes also gets out outside the off stump where you're looking off. Having said that, the England bowlers broad is very good. Once the ball gets to like 40 overs old, they're able to reverse swing it. They can swing it both ways. So I think uh, let's not underestimate and the England quality bowling, even without James Anderson. So I think inexperienced Hums has struggled. I yeah. think that Milan also is, is, is a good player. A lack of confidence is showing. And it's, you look at the, a lot of young players with not a lot of testing experience. Von Edison has eaten nicely in the first test. Mm. So I think, you know, it's, 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 it's a case of just being exposed to more and more test match cricket than to get the feet going. I think uh, sometimes if the feet don't move when you're a bit nervous and anxious. So I think the adrenaline sometimes and a bit of lack of, of, of self-confidence gets in the way, gets, gets into the mental framework, you know. So it's not easy. That's just time. More time at the crease and more test match cricket under your, under your belt. Okay, let's go to the lines. We've got a call from Cape Town. Oh, Colin, welcome back. Good to hear from you, Colin. Good evening. Uh, good evening, good evening. Hi, Peter. Yeah, good evening. Hi. Hi. You know, Peter, um, I, think, I think we've got a problem in South Africa with our franchise cricket. You know, um, guys, for the last two weeks, have been scoring hundreds 150, 160, 180 net. But you know, when they come and meet guys like Stokes and company, they are a different kettle of fish. Do you think our franchise bowlers are up to standard, first class standard? Now, now you take the first test. We actually won that first test because half of England was sick. They were running <laughs> off the field, they had diarrhea, yeah. they had this, they had that, they had but look how they bounced back. Our bowlers yeah, aren't up yeah. to it, Peter, because one day they bowl fantastic, and the next day they change their plan. They bowl short, or they bowl bounces, yeah. they bowl this, yeah. they bowl too much on the leg side, and yeah. um, the runs are coming on the leg side, but they keep bowling on the leg side. But uh, I yeah. think our bowlers, we haven't got the bowlers, my friend. At the moment, we haven't. Now, all right, Pemba scored 180, plus a couple of other guys scored 140, 120. You know what I mean? That's mm. franchise. It's like playing against mediocre bowlers. Now we get excited and we bring those guys in. But when they meet 
Yeah. England bowlers. It's a different kettle of Okay, fish. thanks for that call. In, uh, good good points there. Interesting call there, uh, Peter. I would think of a guy like Zubay Hamza. Those of us who've seen him in domestic cricket, he's been scoring the runs, certainly deserved his place in the Proteus team, but it feels like it's a step up a little bit too high for him, for him in international cricket. Well, well, you know, it's, uh, you, you've got to start somewhere. I think at least we've got domestic first-class cricket. That is definitely the pipeline. I think uh, sometimes... It's quite soul-destroying. I remember playing in front of big crowds, you know, in, in our domestic cricket. But mm. it's been for a long time, no crowd, nobody comes to watch. So that's, it's, it's actually, it's not nice for the players. But still, that's where you've got to base your skills. So first of all, get the runs and wickets in domestic cricket, and you get picked for South Africa. So there's not much more the selectors can do, Barcher Smith and Fafti Pussy. It is a jump up. So the gentleman is correct. It's a, it's a mental thing. You know, you... Suddenly you're playing test cricket against world-class bowlers. It is. It is a challenge. So I think the guy that's just called in has got a point. But uh, it does take a bit of time. I think, that, you know, the Cape Town wicket was a bit quicker. So was the Centurion wicket a bit quicker than this one. I don't think this pitch suited our fast bowlers. No doubt it didn't. The England just bowled a bit better. They used the slower ball. They used the reverse swing. And they... The spinners came to the party. So, Ben Stokes, I thought their batting was a whole lot better than, than our batting in this test match, and it showed, you know. So, you, you, you've got to be able to adapt, and we didn't do that. So, I think uh, Mark Boucher, I think Jacques Callis, if he's still around as the batting consultant, and there's a lot of work to do, no doubt about that. So, it's a building phase. Is there a concern, though, about the standard of, of first-class cricket, like Colin was raising? Sorry, the standard of what cricket? Uh, of first-class cricket. First-class cricket? Yeah. Well, I don't watch a lot of first-class cricket. As I just mentioned, no crowds, I think, you know... <laughs> they played on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, you, you, you've got to be... You've got to be mentally in tune for test cricket. It is a big jump. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it takes time. I think we've had a bad tour of India. There are lots of scars from the Indian tour. But we won the first test, so, you know, the boys know if we just do the basics correct, then you, you, you can put the runs on the board. And, uh, you know, but you don't expect to get bowled out by Joe Root, put it this way, and this guy, Bess, I think <laughs> he got five in the first inning. Yep. So they'll be disappointed with the way they lost the wickets against average off-spinners, to be honest. Okay, let's go to the voice notes. We're still talking to Peter Kirsten for those who've just joined us. Hi, Tabiso. Uh, Zico Smith from Macau. Tabiso, let me disagree with what uh, Mr. Christian is saying. As much as he's saying it was difficult for our top best men to play against spin, I watched today's last two overs. Uh, Peterson and Maharaj. Maharaj made, what, 71. He he handled best and he handled uh, Joe Root. He, they, they played well. Those two uh, weekends of Peterson and, and Maharaj, they played well. If they could make a, if they managed to make a partnership of 90, 90 plus, why didn't the the top six uh, do it as well? So I don't buy what he's saying of like uh, the the pitch was not playable and stuff like that. Maharaj and Peterson did it, and the top six were supposed to do it as well. I don't buy what he's saying. He mustn't speak for those uh, non-performing guys. No, they must be chopped. Evening, dear member Tulani from Holland. I the Brutias, no, 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 it's too much. First test, we had combination when it comes to bowling. Yeah, we played well there, and you won. Second test, third test, no combinations in bowling, misusing of 
Maharaj, 50 overs and more. Why can't Duplicis and Elga just be those part, part-time bowlers? Because now these bowlers are tired. They are tired. But now, hey, we need maybe someone to assist Faf. He mustn't give up now. He's a good captain, but need someone to assist him with the selection of the bowlers. To learn from Orlando. Thank you. Hey, thanks. One voice not, not happy with the bowlers. The other one, Peter Kirsten, says you are defending the batsmen. They must be chopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my husband had made it well, Patterson, didn't they? I think that, uh, you know, that's, uh, as I've been saying, I think you've got to find the balance between attack and defence uh, when you play against the spinners. Sometimes when the number 10 and 11 come in, they throw caution to the wind because no 10th wicket is, is supposed to put on so many runs like they did. So <laughs> mm. I think sometimes our, our real batsmen get a little bit sort of tied up. They get a bit tense. They don't want to get out. So they don't play their normal game. And, uh, yeah, Maharaji hits the ball nicely, doesn't he? <laughs> so uh, also, you know, Root had attacking fields there. So he, he, he was... He was able to get his close infielder, so they left a lot of gaps in the outfield. So, but yeah, they, 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 but you don't want your number ten and eleven putting on ninety odd. You need your your numbers batters one to six to do that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the caller was correct. <laughs> and finally, Peter Kirsten, I mean, a lot was said when Mark Boucher was appointed at coach following what's, what what transpired at Cricket South Africa. I think it was well documented. Uh, some were questioning his qualifications. Some said, look, he's got the experience. He was the right man for the job as well as Jacques Callis. What do you what, what do you make of the coaching staff at the Proteas at the moment? Well, I think anybody who's played 100 test matches has got a good qualification. He's got the experience and you might not have the the certificate, but he's done a very good job for the Titans. So, you know, I think for the moment he was the right man uh, to come and take over. I think, you know, Enkwe had a very tough tour of India, threw him to the walls, but he's still the assistant. He's part of the whole leadership uh, 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 team. So I think give these guys time. Give these guys time. And uh, I'm sure that uh, the, the cricket will get better. And, uh, you know, test cricket is totally different to domestic cricket. So I think, uh, you know, I think Boucher at the moment is the right guy. And I'm sure that uh, Enoch will, 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 will get his position back somewhere along the line. Last question from Bruce on Twitter says, Peter, we are not hearing you on SABC anymore. When are you coming back? SABC? <laughs> Well, they fired me, so oh. you ask them. <laughs> I'd love to be back. Yeah. What did you do, Peter? I don't know. You ask them. Okay. We'll send the tweet right through there to SABC Spot. <laughs> but thanks for speaking to us. Always a pleasure talking to you, uh, Peter. Lovely okay, to pick buddy. your brain. Keep well. Bye-bye. Thank you. That's the former uh, protea, of course, uh, Mr. Peter Kirsten. The conversation doesn't end uh, here. We are still going. We are still uh, talking about the proteas. We're going to look at uh, the way forward now. Look ahead to Joe Beck. The fourth test starts on Friday, and we are joined on the line by uh, Mr. Hussein Manak, former player himself, of course, now a cricket analyst uh, with SABC Sport. Hussein, good evening, sir, and thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM. Good evening. Thank you very much, Tavisha. I'm, I'm well. How are you doing? We're fine. Thanks, Hussein. Just want to pick your brain here. What's disappointed you the most with this loss in PE? Yeah, I, you know, I think it, it's uh, almost been a follow-on from Newlands. Uh, South Africa, of course, won the first test, but then lost the second one and the third one. I think the most 
glaringly obvious um, thing that I think is disappointing everyone is, is just the lack of belief, lack of heart, and of course, lack of application with the bat. So, you know, uh, test cricket is, of course, about getting 20 wickets. You know, if you get 20 wickets, you can bowl the team out twice and get uh, and win test matches. But before that, you still need to score runs. You need to put some runs on the board. And South Africa have not managed to score in this series um, so far in, in the six innings, um, three test matches. They haven't got beyond 285. Mm. You know, so you know that's in in. Um, it's been disappointing that they just haven't managed to spend time at the crease, apply themselves, and really just put the runs on the board that allows the bowlers then to go out and bowl them out. So I think that's been a disappointing thing. But, you know, there's a lot of different reasons you could look at, but I think ultimately each player needs to uh, take some responsibility for, for not really applying themselves out there. Before I go to the lines, Jussi, I just hold on there. We're coming to you shortly. A lot of people who say and are saying that this is a protest team in transition, is, is that a fair comment or have they simply not been good enough because England also have a couple of new faces in their team? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the transition word, you've got to be also careful how you use it. Uh, the reality is that Hashim Amla, Abita Villiers, uh, Dale Stain, Moni Morkel, so they have you had uh, JP Tumani. You have some big names. Uh, big name players who've been kind of just in this last few years who have retired. Uh, so you're going to have to move on from that. So, you know, in that few years, there is a transition phase. But our domestic um, franchise competition should be producing players who are good enough to come through and within a short space of time should be able to, to, to play and be successful at international level. But, you know, there is a gap. And I think we also have to be realistic about the fact that the, the, the gap between playing domestic cricket and international cricket is, is quite big. So when you step up, so for example, you have young cricketers now coming uh, into the squad now and playing against a quality attack like Broad, Anderson, and Wood, and, and these guys, and it's not easy. So you've got to also be patient with some of the players that come in. And uh, it, it's these days with all the focus and the microscope on the, on the young players that are playing at international level with the media, etc., they're under constant pressure. You know, so yes, they are in a transition phase, but I, I think the public are not that patient. You know, so people want them to to perform mm-hmm. almost immediately. You played first-class cricket. Colin raised an issue about the standard of first-class cricket. He thinks it's not up to scratch. What's your response to that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when when I look back, I think, I've, I've and so, you know, I was on the selection panel for about six years. I've watched a lot of domestic cricket over the last um, six years. We used to watch 30, 40 days of cricket a year, and I've seen over the period of time that um, the standard in some ways has dropped and i and i say that because um because of the fact that you're seeing cricketers performing well at domestic level and then when they come up they're struggling so you almost see that gap um so in some ways we need to find a way to keep the standards of domestic but more than our domestic franchise competition i must say i am pretty concerned about our entire pipeline Hmm. um from school level all the way up concerned about that. I'm concerned about our high performance and I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done from, from the approaches level but all the way down to under 15 level. Uh, so I do see lots of gaps. I do see lots of uh, challenges. Uh, lots of areas that could be tweaked and improved. Um, so it's not just about 
the standard of domestic cricket. Because remember, your domestic cricketers, they come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. They ultimately will come from your under-15, under-17, under-19, and all the way up. So, uh, so yeah, I think there are, there are challenges, there are concerns, but uh, it's, it's so important that we keep the standard of, of, of cricket at all levels um, pretty high. Now, you know, I did a study on the English system, the structures. Uh, when you talk about strengthening your domestic um, competition and the standard of your domestic cricket, at the heart of it is talent identification, scouting, and then your high performance. Um, and if you don't get that, those three things right, then you are going to be struggling to produce top-class performance. And I think that, for me, is where South African cricket over the last probably decade uh, have slipped up and have missed a few tricks. And really, I don't think they've paid enough attention to the detail of high performance. Okay, let's go to the lines. Juicy are calling us from Eplau, Epai. Good evening. Good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to your guest. Uh, Tabiso, I think you touched on, on one of the things that I wanted to touch, because I wanted to talk about the development of the cricket. Um, because I, I think we did not plan when, when for, for Abu Amla, AD, and, 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 and others, when, 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 when it was time for them to retire, we did not have a backup. Unlike when we had Abu Kersin and, and Hudson and others, and John Deez, we had Abu AD, we had Abu, Abu Grantsmith, you understand that that's the failure. And, and also, I'm not going to talk about the domestic cricket. Um, I don't know what is going on there. I'm, I'm not even interested to watch anymore. So 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 there's something wrong in, 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 in there, the whole thing. Lastly, on the, on the captain, um, our captain is taking the wrong decision. We need to be honest with that. Whether it's bowling, whether it's placing on the field, like he's taking the wrong decision. And and I think ever since Ufaf took over as captain, his game has suffered. Because if you remember when we were in Australia and and, and that, he was not the captain back then. So so I think if he can relinqu- relinquish to be the captain and go back to the batting, maybe he would come back because the captain is clearly heavy. A question, Tabiso, one last question. I'm not sure if it, if, if, if it will make sense. Why can't our overseas, our, our players that are playing overseas, Cannot um, cannot play for for Proteus. I'm not sure if it makes sense. Why is it different from Iraqi and football and other codes? Just just a question there because I think about Apport and others can make a difference. Okay, cool. Well, they have taken up the Colpac uh, the Colpac deal, which means they give up uh, the right to play for their country there. But let's go through some of these. Uh, Hussein is better positioned, of course, to answer these questions. Hussein, he firstly raised an issue about the succession plan, saying that he agrees with you on he's not happy with what's happening at the bottom, and also goes with a question here on a comment from Twitter from Noel Crowey, who says the biggest concern should be the age of the debutants, 30, 31, 34. Where are the future youngsters? Yeah, you know, I think there was a time in South African cricket, and, and I mean, it, it still does happen where you choose younger cricketers to come through, and sometimes there is a bit of a hype about a young talent who comes, he does well, and then you put him straight into the team. One needs to be quite careful about that because, you, you know, ideally you'd want even a young cricketer to really, um, you know, go to the whole teething process, go and play domestic cricket for a few years, score. A uh, good few hundreds, lots of centuries and thousands of runs, and then really get tested before he comes up and starts playing at, at test level. Because then you experience, you toughened up, and, and you've got all the, you know, you, you've, you've worn the t-shirt. 
so it's um, so yeah, I think there is merit in both. But I th- you know, I, I remember, for example, Rapada and Quentin de Kock. Those are two examples for me that stand out. And I was involved with both of them um, and when I was at the Lions, and both of them were young and talented. And we pushed to get them into the side, uh, into the Lions team, and then into the national team, because we believed they were good enough. But not only good enough talent-wise, but you know, you need to have a certain level of maturity and some level of emotional intelligence. Uh, but also just be be able to cope with the pressures at a higher level, and and both of them I think were were good selections. Uh, but that that rule won't simply apply to everybody because another youngster who may have a similar talent to a Rabada. Uh, may not be able to cope with the pressures. We don't know, you know, but uh, that that comes down to the selection and obviously gut feel. Then I think um, the gentleman, the caller that called, uh, raised another issue about Faf to Plessis yes. as well. Um, and the issue about Faf, you know, I've worked with Faf for a long time and, and I can tell you he's, um, you know, so so to be a captain uh, is not easy these days in international cricket because you need a lot of different things. You need... Um, be able to understand and read the game and you needed to make sure that you yourself keep performing and scoring runs all the time while you're trying to get and motivate everybody else to score runs then you're dealing with the media uh, there's so many different things you need to have a real repertoire of skills like good people skills you need to be a good listener there's all those things that come along with it and I think Joe Root even was under huge pressure yeah. before this tour started and he's done he's done uh, quite well but he's done well because the players around him have supported him so I think you know had for example some of the other players in the squad been scoring a few runs maybe South Africa getting some big scores I think the microscope may not have been on on um, on all the little things and even not on Faf um, but at the moment I must say as much as I've had a lot of respect and I still do for Faf, and I think he's a wonderful, wonderful motivator and a very good uh, leader. Um, I think off late in the last, probably in the last, uh, probably year or two, um, captaincy-wise, tactically, etc., he's had to work with a few different coaches. He's had to work um, with different management staff, etc. So you know, it, it's been quite unsettling for him. But I think he's got a few things. He hasn't quite got a few things right regarding decision-making and things like that. Like, for example, in this series, there were a few decisions regarding when to take the new ball, when yeah. to bowl certain bowlers with the new ball, whether to take the new ball or not, uh, certain field placings, bowling changes, and just feel tactically South Africa didn't get every uh, a lot of things right. And so that's coming back now, and, and the focus now is on him. And what makes things even more difficult for him is the fact that he's not scoring runs himself. I think if he scores 100 or 2, it becomes easier for the captain to motivate his fellow players. But, you know, as a captain and a leader, when you yourself are not performing, uh, it's very difficult to motivate your, your team as well. He also wanted clarity on the Colpac deal on why if they go play overseas, they can't play for their country. In simple terms, are you able to explain it? Yeah, I think the the Colpac thing um, is, is a little bit of a complicated thing. I must say I don't understand the history and the details of it, but you, you're absolutely spot on that. You know, once you take the Colpac, uh, a, a Colpac deal, which means that when you go and play for a county, you actually play as a local player in England. Mm. So you're not playing as an overseas player. Now, remember, each county is only allowed, I think it's one or two overseas professionals, so they could sign you up as an overseas professional. So if, for example, Hashim Amla or any one of the South African players 
go and play as an overseas professional and they go play county cricket, they still can come back and play for South Africa. That's no problem at all. But if they go and take a callback deal, which means that they, they play as one of the local English players, and if they do that, then they cannot come back and play for South Africa, which means they relinquish or give up their right to play for, for South Africa. Yes. Um, so, in yeah, I, I mean, I hope I've explained that well enough. But, uh, you know, with the Brexit uh, thing now, I, I think that's up in the air as well. We wait to see how that unfolds, because if the whole callback thing falls apart because of Brexit, then it may make all those players available, even the callback players available, to play for South Africa again. Or it may make it difficult for any future young players to go and take up callback deals, which I suppose in a way could benefit South Africa as well. Yeah, and it came after a handball player actually from Slovakia, Mar- Mar- Maros Kolpak. He appealed to the European Court of Justice that they must not consider him as a non-EU player in the German handball league, believe it or not, because he was a resident of Germany and he was a citizen of a country that had an association uh, with the EU. And he had lost his contract with his German club because they already had two non-EU players. And then when uh, he won the case, and then that's when the Kolpak deal actually started. We'll take a few more voice notes, uh, Hussein, and then we'll up after that yeah no that that's maybe, correct i mean uh, just maybe the reunion of the old boys school club is not gonna work maybe we should try to dismantle it before it goes too far i don't know the the, the problems at csa are just too much but i think the reunion will not work it will not take us anywhere uh, very good evening to you you know with regard to cricket in south africa you know what Colin has to say, what your guys say, that the guys haven't got experience. Cricket is cricket. Whether you play domestic cricket, whether you play county cricket, it's a ball to bat, a bowler and a batter. End of the day, you look at uh, you look at Joe Root, you look at the Warners, you look at the Spurs. After a few games, they're all adapted and fitted in. How many games does a South African cricket captain need to fit in we are sitting with one serious problem here and you know what our problem is we've been whisked by Hansi until those all who did him wrong do not go to his grave and apologize South African cricket will never come right and furthermore what have we got to show you show me one cup that we've won nothing in the world stage people go and apologize to Hansi for how you have wronged him and you see our things will come right we are bewitched by Hansi Cronier. Thank you. Bye. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. Before we speak to Ronan Williams, he's already on the line. Let's wrap up with Hussein Manak. Hussein, there was a voice note that raised an issue about the All Boys Club. They've been under scrutiny since Graham Smith appointed, uh, well, since he was appointed, and then Mark Barcher was appointed. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that? Why do people have these reservations about this old boys club? And what also, what did you make of Mark Boucher saying that he wasn't aware of how the demerit point system works? Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at South Africa, we come from from a legacy and a history of apartheid. Uh, we've come out of apartheid. And then, you know, if you, if you go back, if you, if you go back to um, the era when Graham Smith captained, mm. uh, Tabisa, are you still there? Yes, we can hear you. Ha- okay. Ha- so, sorry, I just had a call coming. Okay. Uh, so, so when you look at the era, that era when Graham Smith captained, and you go and you read, um, for example, Herschel Gibbs' book, yeah. and you look at talk to a lot of the players, particularly the player of, players of color, 
around in the change room at that time. And remember, there was also, during that time, there was uh, the Tami Solikile issue. And yes. Tami Solikile was the backup batter in, on the tour to England, and he was um, next in line to be the wicketkeeper. Mm-hmm. And what had happened, Mark Boucher, um, who uh, then got injured and got injured in his eye in, in, a, in a warm-up match against Somerset. And when that happened, Tami Solikile was promised that he was going to become the wicketkeeper. Uh, in, in fact, what then happened, what then transpired is A.B. de Villiers took the glove and he kept, and it became quite a major issue. And I think if we go back, and, and, and a lot of people can still remember that, that particular incident. So, you know, the, the history of what happened during that era when Grant Smith, Mike Boucher, and A.B. de Villiers and all uh, all those guys, there was a lot of talk about about a click. There was talk about, you know, old boys club, etc., etc. So, you know, what happens now is we have, Graham Smith being appointed as a director of cricket. Within a week, what he does, he appoints uh, his, one of his very close friends who he played with, uh, Mark Boucher, and he appoints him for a four-year term as, as the head coach. And so people raise eyebrows. Then uh, he appoints uh, Jacques Kellis, who's uh, the batting coach. And, of course, Kellis, we know, was one of the, uh, one of the best all-rounders um, that ever played the game. So... In many respects, you can understand why somebody like a Kellis is there. Of course, he can add huge value. But now you're starting to see that these are all friends. Uh, you know. And then Paul Harris gets appointed at the spin, as a spin bowling coach. Mm. He comes in and he's now with the team as a spin bowling consultant. And there are a few, a few others, of course, like Michelle Langefeld and one or two others. Um, and Enoch Inque, who was the interim coach, gets moved uh, down to become the assistant coach under Mark Boucher. Then you have um, a situation where the selection panel uh, doesn't exist anymore, and the selection panel now, uh, apparently, from what I'm hearing, the final say regarding selection is uh, is left to Mark Boucher, who is the head coach. Right. So you're sitting with a situation now where people are looking, and the South African public, uh, I think people can kind of, you know, you can run them through a situation where you go like, let's, you have to have played a certain level of cricket or you must have all this experience, which is fair enough. Uh, but when you start seeing all these little pieces put together and then, you know, one of the biggest mistakes for me, and I've spoken about this quite openly, and I go like, you know, Tami Soliki, I mean, uh, Temba Bavuma mm. uh, gets dropped. That's one of the first decisions in the sele- <laughs> when it comes to selection. Yet, uh, you have uh, Aidan Markham and Fafta Plessy, who himself, uh, a number of other players who are not in the greatest of form, but the one player that does, that does, that does get dropped is Temba Bavuma. And so people are now sitting back and watching all this, and they're going like, but what is going on here, you know? Is this an old boys club, or is it not an old boys club? And so I suppose in, in many ways, you cannot blame the South African public, particularly people of color, black people who have experienced apartheid, who have lived through apartheid, and even post-apartheid who still experience some of the double standards that continue to exist even to this day. When people look up and they go like Smith, Boucher, Callis, Paul Harris, uh, and then you look at your CEO and the CEO's mm. men. So there's a lack of trust basically then um, with the people and with this management of the Proteus team. And uh, that's why this All Boys Club always comes up and always gets mentioned and doesn't help if the team 
is not winning. Hussein, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you very much for speaking to us. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful insight. We could talk the whole day, but we have to uh, go to our other guest who's already holding on the line. But it's a pleasure talking to you, and I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon.